بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا وفي روايه البخاري الخريجه رضي الله تعالى عنها انها انها قالت والله انك لتصل الرحم وتحمل وتحمل الكل وتقسم المعدوم وتقري الضيف وتعين على نوائب الحق الى اخر الحديث صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين لرسول رسائل درود شريف اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اما بعد علماء الكرام ريسبكتد ايلدرز اند ديير برادرز لاست ويك وي كومنسد وذ ا ديسكشن on lessons from the life of nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam relating particularly to the pre nubuwwat era that is from the time of his birth to the age of 40 before the time of nubuwwat that entire period of 40 years although at that time the wahi had not come down to him but even at that stage of his life he had a noble example for mankind and there are beautiful lessons and inspirations to be gained out of that aspect of his life or that period of his life last week we discussed just two aspects one was the fact that nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam even as a little baby who was breastfeeding and suckling from hazrat halima radiyallahu anha the sense of justice and fairness was to the extent that because there were two children he would only drink the milk of one breast and he would leave the other for his milk brother then we also mentioned the fact that nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam when it came to as a young youngster little young boy for that matter he was just a young boy perhaps 8 9 10 years of age but already he had a realization and consciousness that he should not be an economic burden on his uncle abu talib who had taken him under his protection and guardianship and abu talib already had a big family so he did not want to be an additional burden to his uncle to take care of his needs and so on so we find that at that tender young age nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam goes to fend for himself to earn for himself and he takes on the profession of the shepherd which was indeed the profession of anbiya alaihi wasallam before him every nabi of allah was a shepherd and this was allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way of making tarbiyah of the anbiya alaihi wasallam 
Musalam never went to any school, they did not go to any university or college or even a madrasa and they had no teacher and no ustad because Allah SWT was their ustad and teacher. They had no mentor who mentored them at any phase in their life because Allah SWT was the mentor. I quoted the riwayat from Nabi Karim Wasallam where he mentioned that Allamani Rabbi Allah is the one who taught me and he taught me beautifully Allah is the one who trained me and he trained me in the most beautiful way so Anbiya alayhi salatu salam had no teachers they had no mentors because then the people would have made the first accusation against them is that whatever they are preaching is from their side what the teacher taught them and it is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly taught the Anbiya alayhi salam there was no teacher intervention so that nobody could say that this is something that was taught to them and they are repeating what was taught to them Anbiya alayhi Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam was the unlettered Nabi and Nabi al-Ummi Quran also says, uses the word Nabi al-Ummi that Nabi was unlettered because Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam if he was lettered then they would have said he read the books and he took these ideas from all the books and he's passing it on. So to shut every door of allegation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it such that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam would be a Nabi Ummi. He would not be taught by anyone. He would not be trained by anyone. All his knowledge would come directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we find that at that tender age, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam goes to fend for himself and in that process he learns about animal, he learns about the training of disciplining animals that takes a special skill and it takes a special level of patience and it takes special compassion that develops within a human being when a person is tending for animals Musa alayhi salam I mentioned last week as well that he worked for his father-in-law Shu'ib alayhi salam the story is in length in the Quran the whole story of how when he went to Madian and then he saw those young girls the one of them became his wife he married her and it was on condition that he will serve for ten, 8 years or 10 years he fulfilled the, 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 the period of 10 years all that is mentioned in the Quran Musa salam was a shepherd he looked after sheep and one day the, a sheep out of fear for Musa salam ran away and now it was an amanat he had to take care of that sheep and the sheep ran and Musa salam chased after it and the more he chased it, the more it ran the whole day he chased the sheep and he was utterly exhausted eventually he caught the sheep at the end of the day but when he caught the sheep he took the sheep and he took it with love and compassion and he started rubbing it and he said, poor animal how, you, how tired you must be after running the whole day he was not angry with the sheep or he did not lash it or beat it or anything that is the time when he was now prepared for the task of nubuat 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shortly after that conferred nubuwwat upon him because he had developed such levels of of compassion and tolerance the anbiya alayhi salam attested the most by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people these dealt with them in the most crude in the most rude in the most inappropriate manners but anbiya alayhi salatu was salam were always paragons of tolerance, forgiveness, compassion, mercy, etc. How many a times people came to Nabi Karim Wasallam and they spoke to him harshly, they spoke to him rudely, they were arrogant in their behavior towards him. There were people who came to Nabi Karim Wasallam and they caught hold of his garment and they pulled it and it left a mark on his Mubarak body. Allahu Akbar! left a mark on his Mubarak body and demanded give us whatever Allah has given you don't hold back from what Allah has given you give us our share Nabi Karim Wasallam told him don't worry I'll give you I'll give you what is due did not get angry with a person or retaliate or anything of that sort Sahaba would be boiling with anger that how dare how dare these people behave like this, but they knew the temperament of Nabi Karim Wasallam was one of compassion, mercy, tolerance, forgiveness. So they would hold back despite knowing that this was not appropriate behavior towards Nabi Karim Wasallam. But they knew that he would not like intervention and so they made sabr and they held back. Otherwise, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, we know the famous Umar and his, uh, his strength and might and his uh, anger and his uh, anger for Allah's sake, not for his own sake. And his hand was right there at the side of his hip where his sword and talwar used to stay and his hand would reach out every now and then for that talwar when people misbehave like this and he would say, Da'ni ya Rasulullah. Give me permission, I'll chop off the head of this munafiq. But Nabi Karim Wasallam would calm him down and say, Oh Umar, no. So, Anbiya Alim Salam were trained to the highest levels of akhlaq, compassion, forgiveness, tolerance, mercy, kindness. They were the, the ultimate models of this akhlaq and, and, and these values and these qualities then Allah SWT conferred upon them the nubuwat because they had to look after their flock first they looked after the flock of the animals, the sheep etc then Allah SWT entrusted them the flock of insaniyat and then they made people you know reach unto Allah SWT and people from the darkness of kufr they took them into the light of Iman and they connected them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala people who are ignorant, people who are steeped in superstition people who are in the darkness of kufr they brought them out of that darkness into the light of Iman and they made them into superhuman beings look at Sahaba Kiram what was their past? what was the history? what was the state of affairs? If you look at the history of Makkah in the days of Jahiliyyah, the pre-Nubuat era, Ayyame Jahiliyyah, days of ignorance and darkness, it was a pathetic 
pathetic state of affairs but Allahu Akbar Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam brought them out of the darkness of kufr and their level of iman rose so high that no people in the world can reach that level of iman of the Sahaba Kiram Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu one person alone Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that if the iman of my whole ummah is taken and placed on one side of the pan of the scale and the iman of Abu Bakr is taken and put on the other side of the scale the iman of Abu Bakr will outweigh the iman of the rest of my ummah that was the levels of iman they acquired in the company of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that was one aspect that we see that even as a young child Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't sit idly at home and pass his days but he was productive and he earned and he earned for himself the people of Makkah used to pay him a certain stipend for looking after the is mentioned in the hadith kitab ala qararit on certain currency of that time kirat nabi karim sallallahu was given that as a stipend for looking after and tending to their animals and for that matter we find that as nabi karim sallallahu alaihi grows in age now his uncle abu talib goes on the trade mission they they used to do import export at that time on their level the people of makkah had need of certain commodities because makkah was a desert and there was no agriculture so they had to import all of these things and they would uh, then go with the trade caravans to two trade caravans li ilafi quraish ilafihim rihlat ash-shita'i was-sayf falya'budu rabb hadha al-bayt alladhi at'amahum min ju' wa a'manahum min khawf they had two trade uh, delegations or trade missions that used to go annually to the south <coughs> which was Yemen and to the north which is Iraq and Syria the rihlat ash-shita the delegation of the winter months and the delegation of the summer months in winter they went to Yemen because it was a warmer area and in summer they went to Syria the northern part because it's colder there in winter and in summer it was cooler so Allah Subhanahu speaks about these trade delegations that went up and down and this was a special favor of Allah Subhanahu on Quraysh that they their caravans were never never attacked they were never waylaid because the people respected them for being the custodians of the haram and the fact that they had to come for pilgrimage and if they had attacked the quraish they knew that when they came for pilgrimage they would uh, st- uh, they would stand the chance of being attacked so therefore the quraish had safety of route therefore allah subhanahu says falya'budu rabb hadha albayt alladhi at'amahum min ju' wa amanahum min khawf Allah gave them safety from fear they had no fear when they traveled up and down with their caravans so they used to gather the capital of the wealthy people of Makkah they used to pool their capital they had an economic system that for each time it was very uh, productive and very useful 
and many of the principles of Islamic trade and finance are based on these precepts that come from that time they would gather their capital and then they would invest it into a pool and they would go and trade and whatever profits were accrued would be divided between the investors so that is how they were able to uh, you know capitalize these projects these trade projects they were able to have sufficient uh, liquidity for these uh, trade missions the capital would be put together then they would buy and sell and trade and then whatever profits were accrued would be divided between the investors so this is how the, the trade missions used to go and when the trade mission went on one occasion Nabi Karim Wasallam was mere 12 years of age but he felt a sense of obligation that my uncle Abu Talib who was in the place of his father who had now assumed the role of a father for him a fatherly figure in his life he felt that how could it be that my fatherly figure is traveling with this caravan long distance thousands of kilometers through the desert not the type of comfort and luxury that we have of travel of today's time but that time by, by camel through day and night traveling through the desert and coming back so he felt an obligation to accompany his uncle Abu Talib and he went with his uncle Abu Talib towards Syria and it is on that trade mission he went with the, uh, with the objective of assisting his uncle so that he can be an assistant to him a, a hand to him and subhanallah what lessons we learn from this we learn from this that Nabi Karim Wasallam traveled the travel is a very great thing it opens a person's mind as safar in Arabic one of the meanings of the word safar is that opens your mind up your, your, uh, you, you, you see better you see clearer and so and that's why safar and fasar there are two words that can be used interchangeably tafsir is called tafsir because it's explanation expansion so a person's horizons expand when he makes suffer and he travels and so we find that Nabi Karim Wasallam traveled Allahu Akbar what did he see now many things of the world he saw in that young age of his and travel is something that develops your experience of the real world you get in touch with the real world if you sit at home all the time you have no idea of what is happening in the world so Nabi Karim Wasallam's horizons were expanded his experience was enhanced and it was also an exercise of maintaining his dignity his dignity that did not depend on anybody to support him but he tried to be self-sufficient imagine a 12 year old boy already that level today we find that the general state of affairs of the youth is such that only when they reach the age of 25 then they become worthy of even earning until then they are relying on their parents for support and so on well that is perhaps because of the system of education and all that we have but the point is that there are many youngsters from families that they work part time they work weekends in order to earn in order not to be a financial burden on their family some are some do it out of total uh, compulsion 
because of the situation they are in and others do it because their parents want to teach them they want to train them they want them to understand they want to develop in them the value of things so that it doesn't what comes for free goes for free male muf dile raham there's a statement in urdu that what comes for free you got no 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 value and appreciation for it so Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what an example we see in his Mubarak life, even as a youngster and of course then when he does go and that incident happens with the, uh, with the, uh, with the monk, uh, uh, Buhaira Rahib, the incident with the monk, Buhaira Rahib, that is a separate chapter altogether, I do not want to go into that discussion. So these are examples of the fine and beautiful attributes and qualities Nabi Karim Salaam possessed and displayed to the Ummah even as a child and pre-era of Nubuat we see all of these things later on then came the time of his trading with Khadija radiallahu anha he first became a trading partner to her she was a widow and she was looking for an honest person, modesty and uh, bashfulness dictates that a woman should not come right into the business place and be there, you know, in, uh, right in the forefront. But preferably, she should stay in the background and if she finds an honest, upright uh, person to manage her trade affairs and finances and so on, provided of course that it's an upright and honest person which has unfortunately become a very rare breed in the world of today. In today's world, Amana Dari and all of these things has virtually diminished in the world. But she found in Nabi Karim Sallallahu As-Sadiq Al-Amin, the most truthful, the most trustworthy. And so he was first a trading partner and on the basis of that principle that when they used to collect all the capital and go and trade and then earn profits on it that is the classical model of musharaka in the sharia musharaka where you uh, there's a joint equity and partnership and then the profits are divided between the, the shareholders and partners he, he struck up a a, 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 a a transaction which is known as mudaraba mudaraba where he had no capital but he provided the, the entrepreneurship and the skills of trading and he would take, she was the person who provided the capital Rabbatul Mal and he was the Mudarib and through the concept of Mudaraba whatever profits were accrued was split between them so these are the concepts that existed already at that time and in this manner Nabi Karim Salaam but inshallah we shall discuss these things and several other attributes and qualities inshallah in the subsequent weeks we will discuss and unpack some aspects of the seerah of Nabi Karim Salaam may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let him be our true role model that we follow in his footsteps with loyalty, with love and muhabbat Wallahi my dear brothers the best answer we can give to all the shaitans of the world who want to try and put down his izzat and his honor and his respect 
with their filthy and dirty cartoons is that we become practicing Muslims and we become true Ummatis. That will be the befitting answer to them. Do what you want to do. We will be the wafadar and loyal Ummatis of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That is true loyalty to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not lip service that we say, yeah, we are Muslims and we are Ummatis, but our actions are worse than those people who are putting up the cartoons, then actually it becomes a mockery. Let us become committed Muslims, inshallah, that will be the best answer to them. And the people of the world are looking for the right people to follow. They want to see who are these Muslims. Who are these people? They say they soul, they love their Nabi so much that they will give their life for his honor. We want to kiss the feet of those people who are ready to give their life for the honor and izzat of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We want to kiss the feet of these people. They want to know who are these people that you dare say one word about the Nabi. You can torture them, you can butcher them, you can attack them, you can oppress them. They'll make sabr through all of that. But dare, dare anyone say one statement against, against the Nabi and nations will rise up. Nations will rise up. What is that? That is the spark of Iman. We need to kindle that spark of Iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grow that spark of Iman in our heart. And grow that love and that ishq and muhabbat and attachment with Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We come to the conclusion... My dear brothers, with very, in a very humble and respectful way, I want to appeal to all our brothers, let us respect the house of Allah, let us respect the day of Juma, let us respect the masjid, let us respect the khutbah, let us respect the salah. We, can, we need to keep silent for a matter of a few minutes, 10-15 minutes at the most. We got the whole week after that, talk as much as you want. But let us not talk in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maintain the izzat and dignity. This is part and parcel of our display of being, of being uh, true ummatis of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That we will respect that which he, which he taught us to respect. We will show honor to that which he taught us to, to show honor. Last week I, I requested, this week I'm going to request again. The khutbah is part of the salah. Like we do not talk when salah is in progress. We should not be talking whilst the khutbah is in progress. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. Give us tawfiq, hidayat and guidance. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.